10 things that could be holding you back from success, fitness goals, career goals, money on this week's episode of Success Combo. Welcome. I'm Ryan Engel and I am here with Kate Carlisle. What's up, Kate? How you doing, Ryan? We are going to dive into 10 things that are holding you back. These are unique things and they're things that are probably right in front of your face that you don't even realize that are stopping you from getting your results. So it's time for you to stop bullshitting yourself and look at these in the face right along with us in this episode and ask yourself, is this holding me back? Is this one of the reasons? We're going to reveal them and we're going to dive in. We're going to tell you how to counter them. And I'll tell you right now, some of these have held me back in my life, which is why I'm going to drop them on you right now and hopefully get you through barriers, get you through whether it's fitness plateaus, career plateaus, you want more money, you want more success, more power. I know Kate wants more power, don't you? <laughs> always. Who doesn't? Kate's always about money. So that's that's her thing. <laughs> She's always about success. So Kate's going to be honest with us too and tell us if any of these have held her back and what she's done to overcome them because these are the 10 most common. Number one, it's waiting for the right time. You keep putting something off because it doesn't seem like the right time. How many times have you told yourself that, listen, it's just I've got too much going on, school's in my way, kids are getting in my way, I just can't take the jump right now and do that insert thing that you need to do right now. Oh, so many times. It's I've, a pitfall that I think everybody's fallen into at one point or another. I've done it. I hear it so many times in vacation too. People want to travel. People want to see the world. And they always say, you know, the timing is just not right. This one, I am so sick of hearing from people because the reality is our time here is very short. And the time to do what you need to do is now. What would you recommend someone do to break through and just jump in? Well, you said something in a previous podcast that ties right into this, and it was, you think I'm going to die someday. That's a realization that none of us like to confront. None of us want to think about our end, but it's a reality. And realize that you have a certain mortality and that you're not going to be here forever. And thinking about thinking about that fact gives you a certain level of confidence to overcome whatever fears, whatever worries, whatever doubts you have about what it is you're looking to do because because you think, well, shoot, I'm not going to be here forever. And that, that gives you a certain, I know you've talked about it, a certain confidence to just say, well, screw it. I'm going to do what I want to do. And the truth is, when you talk about the right time, only by doing something, only by starting, is the only way you're really going to know what needs to be done. The thing is, you have this perfect vision of your perfect vacation, your perfect time to do something, perfect time to get something done. There's never going to be a right time because things are always going to spring up and get in your way. I think that's accurate. There's no such thing as a great laid plan that comes completely to fruition. There's just not. There's always going to be twists, turns, nooks and crannies that get discovered with things. So if you really have something that you desire, forget about trying to make everything fit perfectly and you've got to jump in. Well, and here's the reality of the situation. You can make anything happen if you want it badly enough. So many people say, oh, well, I don't have time. You do have the time. You just have to make the time. We all and have the same you can 24 hours. Things, exactly. You can triage things that are going on, things at work, family obligations. It's all about what you want to put first and how you manage your time. You, can, you have the time. You just have to find it and prioritize. And time's a funny thing. Look back on your last three days and look how much time you wasted. If you really calculate and look at it and you're honest with yourself, I'm sure there's a hell of a lot of things that you could have removed to do that precious thing that you need to be doing right now. Oh, no doubt. Number two, comparing yourself to others. 
and we're talking about whether it's business, starting a new skill, you look at everybody else, you don't know their road. I'll tell you what, a few years back, I was comparing one of my businesses to someone else, talking about fitness, and I was looking at another fitness coach. I was so pissed at the number of impact that he already had, and I thought, you know, like I said, being biased, you have to be confident in your own products and your own beliefs and your own passions. I was so confident that my stuff was so much better. Why is he beating me? Why? And I looked at his YouTube channel and I realized 2010 is when he started putting things out. Me? It wasn't until late 2015 when I really started putting things out. This guy had a five-year head start on me. And because I hadn't looked that up and discovered that, I was beating myself up over it. The truth is, whether he had that YouTube page or not, it does you no good to compare yourself to someone else. You do not know the road that they walk, especially an expert. If you compare yourself to an expert anything, the expert is going to do something laid out in the 48 Laws of Power. He's going to make it look very easy. So you're comparing yourself to something, beating yourself up over something. There's the experts and then there's also the people who have more resources. So to compare yourself to somebody, say you're just starting out in the game, you don't have a lot of financial resources to work with, maybe you're working a full-time job and you only have a couple hours of the day to devote to it, to compare yourself and where you're at to somebody who's got all the time in the world, maybe was a hedge fund baby, inherited something from exactly. their parents, that's, com I mean, it's, it's apples and oranges. You're never going to be satisfied in life if that's your basis of comparison. And look at Donald Trump, he had a small loan of just a million dollars. Air quotes, small from loan. <laughs> small loan of a million dollars to get started. This is the truth. You don't know the breaks in the game someone got. Mark Zuckerberg, founder of Facebook. I have so much respect for him. And in his last speech, he talked about how his parents had a dream of sending him to Harvard. If it not been for Harvard and all the breaks he got along the way, you know, luck factors in, he knows he wouldn't be in the position that he's at where he's basically in control of the world. And I think it was a great point for him to pepper in and be real. Warren Buffett says in almost all of his texts that he hit the Avarian lottery, meaning it was the luck of the draw. You can't see the struggle. You can't see the mistakes, the hundreds of little improvements that have been made every single day that you assume never exist when you compare yourself to someone else. So just stop doing it. It does nothing good for you. Obviously, reverse engineer other success. I do think it's great to have as role models people who are doing far better than maybe you could ever hope to do because it's going to push you. It's going to motivate you to do that much better and work that much harder, but you shouldn't compare your success to them. You should just use them as role models to make you go that extra mile. 100% use them as mile markers. Number three, asking too many questions. Ooh, that's a good one. Do you think there's a such thing as a dumb question? No, but I think that there's such a thing as too much doubt. And that's where you see people saying, oh, well, you know, I could do this, but do I have the skill for it? Do I have the, you know, the work ethic for it? Sort of asking themselves all these questions and second guessing their work, saying, is this good enough? Does this measure up? And mm -hmm. I mean, we've talked about this before on prior podcasts. The market is a very fair place. If you're going into your own business, you're creating, let's say, chairs, you make chairs. Whether you get customers or not is going to tell you all you need to know about whether your work is good. You don't have to put that burden on yourself to say, oh, is my work good enough? Because you'll know. Mm -hmm. And I have the best counter for asking too many questions. What's that? Don't ask questions before you've done something. Ask after. That's Say, good. how do I clean this mess up? Damn, it didn't go as I planned. So you'll have enough data at that point to answer the questions the right way to help you improve. Starting a new fitness plan. Don't ask a thousand questions about, you know what, what happens if I, if I don't get this bread in at exactly this time? If I miss this carb? Overthinking leads down a path to nowhere. 
a road to nowhere and it wipes your results clean. Now, I personally think that there are things as stupid questions just because Google exists. You can see what somebody else has already done. So if you're sitting there asking yourself so many questions, that is perfect sign that you have lingering doubt over your head. What's going to happen if you go into a new project, new assignment with doubt over your head? You're going to get crushed. You need to have confidence. Confidence is a key element. You've got to move forward. It's okay to have an error margin. You should have a little bit of an error margin, but you can't be sitting there with your legs stuck in molasses as you're trying to move because you're wondering, hey, am I doing this right? Am I doing that right? How You need to spend your energy finding the answers that will help you move closer to success, not pondering. Probably my favorite one. Number four, I love this one. Getting permission. You want those that you care about to approve what you're doing. This is a vital mistake. Let me ask you a question right now. Did your parents have a lot to do with your influence? Of course. They did, Absolutely. right? Mine did too. Do we ever stop to think, do we want to be where our parents are in life? I'll lay it out here for you. I did not. I did not think my parents were uber successful. Most parents are not uber successful. The majority of people, there's only 1% in this world that are uber successful. My parents are not in that 1%. No disrespect to them, but why would I be taking their advice about following the safe path? going to college. And then what I see happens to most of my friends, peers, associates that I've worked with and employed over the years, I notice that they're always seeking that approval from their parents. Seeking approval from people, from their peers, people that they don't actually hold in high regard, but they want that approval. In a weird way, they're trying to get permission for everything they're trying to do. Hey, do you think this is a good career path? Why do you care what Lenny that you went to high school thinks about your career path? Exactly. And I think there are some people too who are going to steer you wrong if you ask those questions because they're going to be resentful of the fact that you have the ability to go somewhere they're not. So for example, that friend that you have who's not really doing much in their life, but you ask them, you know, you've, you've been close with them your whole life. And so you ask them what they think about you opening your, your own business, your online business, right? If they're like the vast majority of the population, I hate to say it this way, but they're probably going to say, oh, well, have listeners. you thought about... You're not talking about our no, listeners. No, I'm not talking about our listeners. Yeah. But I'm saying their friends are probably uh -huh. in the position position of, you know, maybe they're inclined to say, oh, well, have you thought about this or being naysayers because they don't want to see you go that extra mile. They don't want to see you do better than they're doing. So they're going to dissuade you and try to throw you off that path. I'm not saying it's a nefarious or mean spirited thing. It's just who we are as human beings. We don't like seeing other people who are more successful exactly. than ourselves. We don't want to cast a shadow on ourselves. Exactly. And so if you are looking for that validation, you're much more likely to get it from somebody who's doing very well and has is has a sense of security because they're not likely to dissuade you from doing something. They don't have any stake in whether you do well or not. You're not a threat to them. I want other people to do better than me. I want people that listen to this podcast to do better than me because maybe they'll come back and help me out with the, what they've learned in their experiences. You have to think win-win. It's one of the seven habits of highly effective people. You need to. That's by Covey. Another thing about getting off on that foot when you're trying to get permission from everybody, this, the first flippant comment that you get, the first unenthusiastic reaction that you get from them, it knocks the wind out of your sails. What kind of weak person do you want to be that you're worried about getting everyone else's approval, especially those that are below you? It is just the wrong way to start out on your goal. There's so many Warren Buffets in this world that were forced to be dental hygienists, the safe route. They didn't put themselves on a 
online because they worried about getting permission from their parents and what everybody else thought. Mm -hmm. Number five, biggest in our society right now, expecting overnight results. This is what your mind tells you. Your mind tells you, oh, you know what? I've put in work. I'm on a fitness plan. I put in work for one week. I've been in the gym. I've been eating right for one week. Look in the mirror. Oh, I'm not ripped. Now, I'm not going to move forward with that plan because my work is not transferring into results. It seems like a big waste of time. If you have this mentality, if you're expecting overnight results in anything, just stop. I'm telling you right now, just take the safe path, chill out, go have a beer right now, stop listening to this, because if you are expecting those overnight results like everybody else, we're conditioned in this society to get things almost overnight. I swear I ordered an Amazon package the other day, and it came within like 10 minutes. Like, I don't know, (laughs) it freaked me out, right? Like, it might have been the next day on a Sunday, but you get what I'm saying. We're so used to getting everything right now. Yeah, I think that that's been a huge detriment to a lot of people because it goes back to information. It's just so accessible. You can go online, you can type something in Google, you can get a movie, you can order a package, you can, you know, everything is just so accessible and right at your fingertips that it's really destroyed our our willingness to be patient and to put in that work because we're so used to the instant gratification. And I actually think that one way to sort of hone your ability to hold out and sort of understand that it's going to take more time to get where you want to get is to find something that you're really excited about and delay that gratification. So if, so say there's a really good movie coming out, um, Star Wars, for example, the next Star Wars film. So many people are really, really looking forward to that, right? So much so that they're prepared to go midnight the night it comes out. They're looking forward to it. If you force yourself to wait that extra week, not go the night it comes out, but wait that extra week. You don't realize it because it seems like such a simple, basic thing, but you're building that ability to hold out for something that you're really excited for. I love that. For, That's good. Right? And it, it just makes it so much easier. And to, it's not going to cost you anything if you just fight the urge. No, not at yeah. all. Not at all. I, I wouldn't do it with something that where there's high stakes, but something little like not that. Not something time sensitive, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But something little like that, I mean, it will build that willpower that you you've been lacking plus when you go a week later you get to kick your feet up on the seats in front of you because it's not (laughs) exactly right right? i definitely dig that that's a that's a great way to look at it number six not taking action we are living in a soft society of non-action takers what do i mean by that well your brain does something to you it's doing it right now as we speak it's trying to keep you alive there are certain things that are happening happening instinctively to keep you alive we breathe we don't think about that and because your brain already knows what yesterday was like and it remembers what the day before that and the week and the month before that was like it wants you to repeat the same process something new and exciting that causes risk to enter into your world Your brain puts up a shield and does not want you to go down that path. This is biological. Most people think that getting it, most people think that taking action into something new is like, oh, I'm just lazy. I just need motivation. Not really. What's happening there is your brain is using a survival mechanism. So you should thank your brain for that. But you have to understand what the seven second rule is. Psychologists I've come to generally accept this number, seven seconds, of the time you have to take action. 
The best thing you can do is write something down. For example, if you dig these tips, you'll notice that I've posted a little cheat sheet with it. You should share that immediately after this podcast or right now to show that you believe in these points, you believe in these keys, and you want to be an action taker. Most people don't do anything within that seven seconds, so they watch that awesome fitness video where they see the person who's extremely ripped and they want to go and take action and become that person. Or they go see the millionaire get out of his jet and they think, wow, I wonder how he does it. Hard work. I'm going to be that hard worker. But they don't write their goals down. They don't take any steps or form of action. And it just becomes an afterthought. Seven second rule. You got to beat it. What do you think? I like it. I think, though, that making lists and sort of writing out your plans can have a a negative effect because so many people, I've seen this happen, they get lost in the planning. They get lost in the, I'm going to write down in my diary all of my goals. And then they maybe take step one, maybe step two. But after that, they're like, well, you know, it's this is too much work. They've put so much effort into the planning that they don't actually put much work at all into the execution. And that's where they get hung up and they get discouraged very quickly. So I think that there's something to be said certainly for writing it down because it makes it more concrete. But don't get lost in the minutiae. Make big picture plans and execute in detail. That would be my suggestion. When Facebook IPO'd, I bought $10,000 worth of shares. I danced around this. I mean, I wrote down, and and no one knew how Facebook was going to do. I wrote down in my copy of the Wall Street Journal I was reading that morning, I wrote down, buy $10,000 in Facebook stock. I came home, and believe me, I didn't want to pull that trigger. At this point, I'm very glad I did that. But think about that action taking right there. Pulling the trigger on something painful. Your example just opened me up to this part of the conversation. You're absolutely right. It's one thing to write down, I want to be ripped like the guy or girl I just saw in that YouTube video. But it's another thing to actually go and buy the meal plan, prep the meals, learn how to do this every day, the painstaking process. So when you're asking yourself, is this action I'm taking helping me? Is it hard? If it's not hard, you're not taking action. It should be a little squeamish when you think about it when you go to do it. I like that. It's good. Number seven, using the busy excuse. Busy is the word that we throw around so much. We throw it out to our friends. We throw it out to our family. And it starts to cling to us. It clings to our psyche. And we start to think that we're busy. (laughs) How busy are you? Look at your last three days. I mentioned this earlier. Are you actually busy or were you just flipping around on Tinder for an hour, sending off random messages to conversations you knew were never going to go anywhere? Are you just hanging out, flipping around on Netflix, watching a series, and then maybe doing a few things? Think about it. You want your new website up. Were you just tweaking around with your website and then walking around, having a cup of coffee, uh, sending messages and getting involved in an old conversation with high school friends? We use busy to kind of, as a blanket statement, to capture all these things that our mind is creating us to make us feel like we're busy. Boil down how much work you actually do. I guarantee, like most people, you're going to find that you're not busy. I found out that the first couple years as me being an entrepreneur, air quotes here, I wasn't very busy. I had a website up. I had a few Instagram pages up. I was running a few ads. Oh, yeah, super busy, right? But when you boil down the amount of work I was doing, two hours. I was doing two hours worth of work a day. That's not busy. Busy means grinding. Busy means your eyes are opened at 
12 midnight because you've been thinking about your ideas all day. You know, I'm not saying sacrifice your sleep, but I'm telling you, there's real busy and then there's the busy that we lie to ourselves about. I think that's absolutely right. And there was one thing I've, I've heard over and over again by my, some of the most successful entrepreneurs, which is that the most successful people are the laziest. And it sort of sounds ironic and you're like, well, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense because if they're lazy, how can they be successful? But the the long and the short of it is if you're lazy, you're going to find the shortcut to get something done. So rather than spend five hours taking notes on something or, you know, reading a book and taking notes on something, you're going to YouTube it. You're going to find somebody who's made a five to 10 minute video and you're going to bone up by watching that video and you're going to save yourself about four and a half hours worth of time that you would have, would have otherwise blown doing it the shorter way. So you may say that you're busy, but ask yourself, am I efficient? I'm using a lot of time to do a lot of things, but am I taking the shortest path to get to my goal? Or am I just sort of spending time in a way that I think is, but isn't exactly constructive? So look at how you, how much you're spending on something and what the output is. And if it doesn't measure up, you got to think about changing up how you're approaching that task. Pareto principle. 20% makes up 80% of your day. 20% of the things you do make up 80% of your income. It's everywhere. And you know, Bill Gates has a saying, pretty much nailed it the way you just said it. If you want to find out the easy way to get something done, appoint a lazy person to get the task done. That's absolutely right. Because they will find the best possible mechanism. Most people think these developers, these software kids in Silicon Valley are super productive. No, they're super lazy. And that's the smartest way to be. The quicker you can get something done, the quicker you can get other things done. It just makes sense. Goes with the old saying, work smart, not hard. Mm -hmm. I definitely dig that. But again, watch how you're using busy. Look back at it. When you say, Put yourself in check, and the next time you say you're busy, think about that for a second. Number eight, this is my biggest. This is my biggest crutch. I would be on a yacht right now recording this episode with you, Kate, if I had not abused this one. Not trusting your instincts. All the things that I'm doing right now that are allowing me to build some extreme wealth and allow me to give back and touch and make huge impacts in my life are things that everybody else said that I was wrong about. Social media not being the place to be. The internet not being anything for you. Go get a job. I listened to so many people and I jumped around and found jobs and did certain tasks and it was because I did not trust my own instincts. I like this a lot and I think it ties back into number four about getting permission because it so many does. people are afraid to rock the boat, afraid to to trust their own instincts because of what other people have told them or what other people will say about it. They just sort of, you know, muddle along and decide, oh, well, you know, I'll do it. That I'll do that later. There's plenty of time to do that. You know, this other person's probably right. They're older, they're wiser, and they fool themselves into thinking that everybody else around them is right. And they just sort of let their own instincts get lost in the mm -hmm. sauce. So I absolutely agree with you on this one. At the core of your existence, and you know what it is, I promise you. Now listen, life's a game of finding out who we are. Life's a game of growth. But at the very core of your existence, you should know who you are. You should know what you want to do, what you want to approach, where you want to allocate your time, your limited amount that you've got here. You need to know that for yourself, not let others influence you. Now, there's a fine line. You need to take advice. You need to listen. You need to read. You need to do all of the due diligence to help you get towards your goal. But like I said, 
Do not ever, my friends, steer from what you want to do because I promise you, again, 10 years ago, I could have been doing the exact same thing that I'm doing now. Wait, I could have rode the YouTube waves. I would be a much bigger name and be able to reach more people and help more people. It's what I want to do. I could have reached more people if I'd only listened to myself. I didn't listen to my core. And again, you like you said, it ties in with getting permission. So those those are my two big ones. Ready for number nine? I'm ready. Taking the easy route. There's one big excuse that I hear consistently from people who are not doing so hot in life. They say, if I only had talent, that would be easier. I'm not cut out for this. You know, I just didn't get the lucky break. These people value talent over hard work. Not the case. Not the case at all. One of my favorite singers, Anthony Kiedis, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't dig the Red Hot Chili Peppers? <laughs> Iconic, right? A lot of people don't realize this, but Anthony Kiedis was a straight-up screamer. He admits himself that in the beginning of Red Hot Chili Peppers, Flea was his best friend, the drummer, right? Mm-hmm. So Flea asked him to come, you know, do, do his thing and scream around on stage and everything. He admits that all of his singing is due to hard work. I'm not saying talent doesn't exist. Yes, talent exists. You can get damn lucky off your talent. For example, if a girl is six foot one, just striking beauty, of course she's got a chance to be a runway model better than somebody that doesn't have those genetics. But you need to understand that the big excuse that you're making here is this easy route. Is this, oh, everybody that makes it got lucky. They took the easy path. No, hard work is a very important piece of the puzzle that many are neglecting. Part of the problem too is we're so conditioned to think that things are easy when we see experts out there doing it because they make it look easy. So if you see somebody who has, let's say an online fitness business, may look extremely easy to, you know, create some videos, throw up a couple posts, run some ads. That looks incredibly easy, right? But you don't see all of the things that go on on the back end. You don't see all of the crafting of the ads. You don't see the analytics. You don't see all of the interfaces that have to be worked up to to have interoperability with one another. You don't see those things. There's hundreds of books per year that are going into how to do this. Exactly. You're 100%. And you don't see all that. So you think, well, shoot, they just have talent. I don't have talent. But it's it's so misleading. Mm-hmm. So whenever you think you see something and you think, God, that looks so easy. Nothing is easy in this world. Look so. at some of our brands. Okay, let me just give you an example. RE Fitness. Many people come up and say, man, I've been thinking about doing what you're doing as a side project. You know, maybe make a little extra money. I have an advertising budget of $15,000 per week that I can pull from. And I use most of that money on RE Fitness. Do you think someone can compete with that as a side job? No. It's impossible. (laughs) Most people think this though. And the thing is they go out and they get their head straight busted, straight broken because they try to start a new business. They try to start a new t-shirt company. Sales don't come flooding in back to expecting immediate results. How many books have you read on sales text? How many books have you read on product delivery? Are you delivering good products to your people or are you just throwing things together? So many times with our business rebuilds, we'll have new clients come into us and, and you know they have, they're pissed because they haven't gotten any sales. But I look at the product. Do you stand behind that product? Oh, I didn't even build that product. You know, we had that product outsourced and the product's trashed. Well, you got lucky you didn't get any sales because you're going to scorch your fan base. You've got to have a good product. 
So many people violate this one. There is no easy route. There is no overnight success. Please understand that. There is so much painstaking work that goes into any talent that you see. It's paired up with with very hard work. I love this one. All right, let's go into number 10. Number 10 is not being flexible. The school system has taught us that things are linear, that we need to follow A, B, and C steps, you know, get this class done, get this certification done, go to college, follow another A, B, C, jump this hoop, get these credits, and then we go right into the next path of our life. Let me tell you something. Life is not linear. You have got to learn how to be dynamic, be flexible, understand how to pivot in this life. If you don't, Yep, you're going to be on that linear path and yep, you're going to get to 60, 70 years old and you haven't taken any risks, you haven't made any impact and you're going to be a sleeper. You're going to be miserable. You're going to regret things that you didn't do in life. You've got to learn how to move on your feet and be very dynamic. You have to be a renaissance man or woman in this life to become fulfilled. I love this one. I think it works on a macro and a micro scale because some people are very good at planning out their day and they go into it. And we've talked about this on prior podcasts, but they go into it with the best of intentions about all the things they're going to get done. And then one little domino falls out of place and suddenly it's the rest of the dominoes fall down and they can't really pick it up and say, oh, I'll I'll do it tomorrow or I'll do it next week. And that's the worst mentality. You've got to be able to pivot and be, you know, solid in your, in what your plan is, but also thinking about, you know, five steps ahead. What if this goes wrong? Where can I, you know, pivot and be dynamic and make sure that I still get back on track? I'll give you two fitness clients. Got Beth in one corner, got Stacy in the other. They each sprain their ankle the same week. They don't know each other. They sprain their ankle in the gym. Beth comes in and says, I can't do this anymore. My ankle is sprained, so I cannot follow my fitness plan. It's just, I can't do my leg presses. I can't do this, Ryan. is What can I do? And I tell her, well, there's certain things we can work around. And she immediately shoots me back and says, you know what? This just ain't going to happen. I'll pick it up in the next six months. Stacy says, well, my cardio, my cardio was hit on the bike. That's not going to happen. But you know what? The gym across the street has a pool. I'm going to go sign up there and I'm going to swim. Stacy continues to hit her goal and she gets a bonus. She has now become dynamic with life and her willpower goes up, preparing her for harder tasks in life. And she gets 10 times the results because she's dynamic. That was a great example. We're not on a linear path. Things are about to be thrown at us. One of the reasons I love my fitness challenges, every other month I run a fitness challenge and I get very close to the people. We become a very tight family and we are real with each other. Things happen in life. People's family members pass away and we're honest with each other. Things happen. We might cheat on a meal. Our willpower might get hurt here and there, but we pull each other through it and we learn how to pivot again. Everything that you're going to come at in life that you're going to face that's worth a damn is going to throw obstacles that are unforeseen at you. You've got to learn how to move around those boulders and keep going when the hits hit you. One of my favorite movies, I'm sure you've seen it, Revenant. Oh, it's a great movie. Yeah. I love Revenant because it's a revenge tale, but look at all of the things that he has to overcome before he ever gets 
to the moment that he was waiting for. He has to overcome so many different things. That movie is a much deeper metaphor for how hard life can be. And the mantra throughout that movie is, if you're breathing, you are still fighting. That is what I'm going to lay down right now and roll right into my big takeaway for this episode of Success Convo. If you're breathing, you are still fighting. You have got to just tell yourself one word, life. Say life. Think about all the elements that come to it, all the organisms and everything else that's out there, all the events, time, where we're at right now. We could go crazy thinking about life in all of its aspects. Biggest thing that you have to do is continue to move forward no matter what. If you made it this far in this episode of Success Convo, I believe in you. I know that you have what it takes to get yourself to the next level of achievements. I know you. I know you better than you think I do. Because what we all want is to be the fullest version of ourself. If you're a baker, you want to be able to make cakes for the presidents and kings of the world, right? You want to take it as far as it could go. If you're a lawyer... You want to be published in every possible law book. You want to take that as far as you can go. Do you agree with me here? We want to be the fullest version of ourselves. If you're a fitness coach, you want to possibly touch everyone and change everyone's view of fitness because you believe in your product so strongly that it can change them and make them more confident. So why wouldn't you want to be the fullest version? It's absolutely true. If you take that same formula, you can apply it to your family, your friends, and everybody else. And you can see that the reason they're not the fullest version or the reason you might not be the fullest version yourself is because you've given up your fight mentality. You've let one of these things stand your way and you're procrastinating yourself and bullshitting no one else than yourself. I'm challenging you to take a stand. I'm challenging you to go after your goal. I got chills. This is a great big takeaway. And it's absolutely true. The The fullest version of yourself is what we're all striving for. And so many people just, they get caught by one of these snags and they fall short and they don't remind themselves that you're still here. You can still fight. You can still overcome. And so many people are living like they got two lives, living like it's going to happen again. We don't know what's going to happen again. We've got to take this moment and seize it. I'm excited to hear your big takeaway, Kate. So mine ties in very neatly with yours, and it really is thinking everything is a catastrophe. And I've seen so many people, I think Facebook is a big contributor to this. In some ways, Facebook is wonderful, but in some ways it's made us lose so much of our willpower and our stamina to sustain trials and tribulations in life because everything is a huge deal. So if you get caught in traffic, you're posting about it. You're saying, oh, my day's ruined. I'm caught in 15 minutes of traffic. If you stub your toe, you say, oh, I just stubbed my toe on a piece of wood. My day is ruined. (laughs) You know, (laughs) we have no willpower and no tolerance for adversity anymore. And One of the things that I always hold in the back of my mind, my mom had a very close friend, has a very close friend, who when she was about 20, she was in a car accident. And after the car accident, she fortunately survived, but she was badly injured and experienced these horrible seizures where probably once or twice a week, she would just have these completely debilitating seizures. And the doctors did what they could to try to help her and eventually she participated in this trial and and was able to get some treatment that provided her some relief and maybe a year or two after that she progressed beyond the point where she was having these frequent seizures she got breast cancer 
And yeah. it was, I think, stage two or stage three, so pretty far along, and needed treatment, obviously, for the breast cancer. And so she had radiation and chemotherapy and, and very fortunately survived that and was in the clear for about four or five years and then had a second, had a recurrence of the breast cancer and needed treatment all over again. And she's here today. She is just finishing up her second round of treatment and she's doing very well. She's a very positive attitude. I don't know how she does it. And so I think about her and I think about all of the, those are some extreme examples of things you can go through in life that, that try to break you and are very, very powerful experiences to, to go through. And I think people lose sight of the fact that there are people in this world every day who are coping with things like that. It may be the loss of a family member. It may be, you know, they have something tragic happen in their lives. And holding those out as examples, maybe you don't know anybody who's gone through them, but you can read countless examples of people who have. And thinking about that puts your own problems into perspective and gives you this renewed sense of, well, shoot, if they can overcome something like that, there's no reason that I can't get beyond this small hiccup in my path. So that would be my, my big takeaway would be to remember that, you know, not everything is a catastrophe. Very few things actually are. And no matter how bad you feel something is, you can get through it. One of the best things I've done in life was become a police officer, seeing things on the street that put my life into comparison. I realize how short life is, but I also realize how good I actually have it compared to a lot of people because, you know, you see people at their worst in that line of work. So I fully agree with that one. I loved your big takeaway. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this. I've created a cheat sheet for it, one of them nice little designs. Share this. Tag me. I want to know how many people are listening to Success Convo and digging it. If you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, thank you so much. We're super excited for the future of Success Convo. And make no mistake, we're bringing it. Obviously, you see that in this episode, and you're going to see that in all of them. It's our promise to you to never hold back. We succeed together. Life is so much more enjoyable if you have like-minded people with you. You know, we did an episode on Audit Your Circle. Mm -hmm. And that's what I feel like our listeners are, especially the ones that have been tagging and have been emailing, suggesting. It's literally my inbox is overflowing. So thank you. And we will catch you on next week's episode of Success Combo.